Amen. And we thank God for it. We thank God for it. I'm so glad you're here on a, a very special Sunday. Uh, we're going to look to the Word of the Lord today from the book of Revelation chapter 20. The book of Revelation chapter 20. I'm going to begin reading at the first verse, the first three verses. And we're going to also read verses 7 through 10. Revelation chapter 20 beginning with verse 1. The word of the Lord says this, I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Verse number seven. When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever and I want to preach to you uh, this morning. I'm not going to get into the, the eschatology of all of this uh, passage of Scripture. Uh, I will at some point, but not today. Uh, I want to focus primarily on the reality that God gives us the victory. And we know the enemy's final outcome. And God is going to give us the victory, and He already has, and we know it from His Word. Thank the Lord. And I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning on this subject, an old enemy in a new uniform. An old enemy in a new uniform. Lord, help us. We need to pray. We need to pray. Can we pray right now? Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your people. We ask you to bless us today as we enter into your word. Let there be an anointing upon your messenger and upon your congregation. And we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I should probably offer a disclaimer uh, before we begin today that uh, if there are any references or inferences or statements that may sound like I am uh, comparing Tom Brady to the devil or the Antichrist or, or the false prophet, um, I, I wouldn't do that. And so... I just want to make that disclaimer. I don't think Tom Brady's the devil. I don't think he's the Antichrist. And I don't think he's the false prophet. I just think he kind of acts like the devil sometimes. He just, and so, you know, I guess, I guess that sounds pretty harsh, but yeah, I guess you had to be there. You had to be there in Indiana, near Indianapolis, rooting for Peyton Manning to win every year Peyton Manning was the best quarterback he just there was just no question how excellent and skilled of a quarterback he was and and he laid waste to every football team in his path on the way to the NFL playoffs only to meet <laughs> Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in the playoffs and Tom Brady won. They had 17 games between them where they faced each other head-to-head -head matchups. And Tom Brady won 11 of those 17 contests. And, and many of those were early on when I was a young man rooting for Peyton Manning to win. 
So you just had to be there, game after game, conference championship after conference championship, where Peyton Manning struggled and Tom Brady won. And, and, and usually New England Patriots had a, they had a home field advantage in the playoffs. So, so when Peyton would play them, they, they would end up in Foxborough, Massachusetts, in Gillette Stadium, wide open spaces. Usually there was a blizzard. It wasn't in the comfy confines of the Indianapolis Dome where people can sit back in their seats and cheer with a, a decorative scarf around their neck while they watch. No, 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 no. It would be in Foxborough where a blizzard would be underway. And when there was not a blizzard, there was about 10 degrees sub-zero temperatures. And uh, I think Peyton Manning's arm was frozen for half of those contests. And Tom Brady seemed totally undaunted by the weather. And I've got a, hey, I've got 20 more excuses why Tom Brady won. If you want to hear him, I'll spare you. But, but it just, ah, man, you just kind of had to be there to witness this. It was heartbreaking. It was heartrending. And, uh, and so when, when Tom Brady announced that he was leaving the New England Patriots, I thought that was basically a, uh, a, a, a kind of a, a step away from announcing his retirement you know I thought that this is him basically saying it's all over for me folks I'm gonna spend another couple years in the beautiful Florida sunshine and Tampa Bay playing for the Buccaneers and and uh, semi-retired though a few passes here and there and I, I just in my mind I just kind of resigned myself to the fact that Brady is over and uh, those years as traumatic as they were are over and you know then I, I start preaching these Super Bowl sermons and and uh, and Tom Brady's in like most of them and he's got to be the superhero in them because he's playing for the Patriots and the Patriots in the Super Bowl sermons are typically the children of Israel because they were always connected to the promised land and a Patriot is literally an inhabitant of the father's land so so the Israelites, the Patriots were always the Israelites, and Tom Brady was always the superhero, and it was pure torture. And I thought, Lord, this just isn't fair that Tom Brady would be the superhero in the Super Bowl sermons. I mean, when I get this collection of Super Bowl sermons, I don't know whether to call it the Super Bowl sermons or to call it the Brady Bunch. Because a bunch of them are about Tom Brady. And it's just pure torture. And so, and then he announces... That he's leaving the New England Patriots for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's got retirement. I mean, it's written all over it. Taking it easy. Florida sunshine. He's going to stroll in from his retirement community every other day for practice. And, and it's just, we're finally past the Tom Brady. Play, you know, shuffleboard more than he plays football. And it's just, it's just a new day. A new day has dawned. And he's in the Super Bowl again. Not as a patriot, but as a buccaneer. And, and this is one of the ways he kind of reminds me of the devil. Because that's what the devil would do. Come at you, come at you with force, a certain way, a certain way you get to know him, a certain way you expect, and then all of a sudden, when you least expect it, he switches uniforms on you. Comes at you now from the southeast instead of the northeast, from the sunshine instead of the snow, from the, from the buccaneers instead of the patriots. And, and it's, it's, it's a little confusing. You're like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Where are these, where are these uh, uh, passes coming from? Where's this, where's this stri uh, strategy coming from? It, it looks like Tom Brady, but he's in a buccaneer's uniform. It's the same old enemy in a brand new uniform. Now, in our passage of Scripture, Revelation chapter 20, we see the devil do this very same thing. The Bible said that the revelator described an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a chain in his hand. And he took that old serpent that, that John had called a dragon. It was a dragon all through the book of Revelation. But he said, I know, I know that he has been a dragon of late, but he wasn't always a dragon. He used to be an old serpent. He's referring back to Genesis chapter 3 when the serpent, who is the most subtle beast of the field, approached Eve 
and confronted her and began to challenge her faith in God. Specifically, her faith in the Word of God. And so this old serpent, which is, John said, called the devil, began to challenge her faith. He asked her, he said, Hath God said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Eve put on the defensive not knowing that he's leading the witness. This isn't an honest question. It's, it's, he already knows where he's leading her. He's not wanting information. He's wanting to deceive her. So she begins to respond to him as though she's in an honest conversation. And, and, and she said, well, God hath said that we shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but that we can eat of all the other trees. And he said, ah, ah, yeah, well, the reason God doesn't want you to eat of the knowledge, tree of the knowledge of good and evil is because God knows that once you eat of it, you shall become as gods, knowing good and evil, and you shall be wise like him. That's why God doesn't want you to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And slowly the deception started in on Eve and it, it ensnared her. It ensnared Adam who was not deceived but was disobedient. And that's how we got sin and that's how we got death. It all started with a nasty old serpent in the Garden of Eden called the devil. Now what's interesting about that is that in Genesis chapter 3, it talks about a serpent, but it does not call him the devil. Not in Genesis 3. Not in Genesis 4, 5, or 6, or 7, or 8. Not in the entire book of Genesis does the word of God refer to that old serpent as the devil. As a matter of fact, he's not referred to as the devil in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuel, Chronicles, Kings, Psalms, Proverbs, all throughout the Old Testament. You never do know that that serpent is the devil and, and not in the gospel accounts, not in the book of Acts or the Pauline epistles or general epistles do we learn that this is in fact the devil that was talking to Eve. It's not until the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, that we learn that that old serpent in the Garden of Eden was in fact the devil himself. So we encounter him in the first book of the Bible. We don't know his identity until the last book of the Bible. Why did God conceal who that serpent was throughout the word of the Lord? I'll tell you why. Because God doesn't want you to be so focused on what the devil looks like. He would rather you know what the devil sounds like. Because the devil can take on a different uniform. The devil will not always come to you as a slithering snake in the garden. He'll not always come to you as some kind of a, a, a parent, obvious, clearly a foe. Many times he will sneak up beside you in the strangest way and deceive you when you least expect it. So God was not interested in saying, oh yeah, the devil's a serpent and the serpent is a devil. And every time you see him, he's going to be a devil. And No, no, no. God wanted us to understand that the way the devil is going to come at you is by questioning the word of God. Hath God said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden He's going to try to question the word of God. He's going to try to cause you to doubt God's word. Why? Because he knows that if you believe in the word of God, and if you have faith in the word of God, and if you'll plant your feet solidly upon the word of God, that nothing shall be able to shake you from that foundation. That nothing will be able to overtake you. That no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. If the enemy can get you to doubt the authenticity and the integrity and the inerrancy the unadulterated truth of the word of God he will have a foothold in your life but I have news for the devil on this Sunday morning we believe in the word of God if God said it that settles it. It is absolutely true. Let God be true and every man a liar. It is impossible for God to lie. His word is forever settled in the heavens. So anything that comes to us and tries to present some kind of a doubt 
upon and of the word of God. We resist the devil and he flees from us. We submit ourselves therefore to God resisting the devil and he flees from us. See, he won't always come to you as a slithering snake. Sometimes he might put on the robes of a professor. He might even put on the robes of a preacher. He might even put on the, on the, 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 the garment of someone that you know, that you love, that you appreciate. Sometimes he'll speak through the strangest of forms. But understand, it's the same old enemy in a brand new uniform. We look at this last year of 2020 and we can talk about, oh, this was different. Oh, this was new. Oh, this was something we've never seen before. Yes, you have. It's just a different uniform. It's the same same old enemy that's trying to destroy your faith ever since you put your faith in God. It's the same old obstacle. It's the same old problem. It's the same old serpent called the devil. But I'm reading in the word of the Lord that the devil shall be cast into a lake that burns with fire. And not just the devil, but the beast and the false prophet as well. Hallelujah. See, the beast and the false prophet are with the devil. They're always with the devil. And that's just the way that it is. Now, Tom Brady, oh yeah, Tom Brady changed uniforms. But he wasn't the only one that changed uniforms. There were some that went with him, and they changed uniforms too. Let's see if we can show you. We got Gronk and A.B. Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. That's them in their New England Patriots uniform. Now, let's see where they are today in 2021. Look at this. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They think they're slick. We know who they are. Now, let me provide a disclaimer before I go any further. I'm not calling Rob Gronkowski or Antonio Brown the beast and the false prophet. I'm just saying they remind me of the beast and the false prophet. Because they switched their uniform. But they're still with that old serpent called the devil. <laughs> Lord help us. I mean Tom Brady. I'm, that's what I meant to say. They're still with Tom Brady. And we remember them. Tom Brady and Gronk and A.B. and New England. And then they switch their uniform. Make us think they can make us forget. We don't forget. We've been through this battle before. We know who we're fighting. Listen ladies and gentlemen. We are not ignorant of the devil's devices. It doesn't matter what uniform he puts on. It doesn't matter what angle he comes from. Our faith stands strong in the word of the Lord. And we understand that the Lord will go before us and fight our battles. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world hallelujah the bible said that there are many antichrists in the world the spirit of antichrist is already here but do not be afraid you are of god little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world hallelujah Hallelujah. So you'll, whenever you see the devil, you're going to see the beast and the false prophet. That's the way that it works in our spiritual battles. There's, there's always going to be the devil, the adversary. And with him will be the false prophet and the beast. Now, we thank God because in the end of it all, all three of them are going to be cast into the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone. But that's what you'll see in an attack from the enemy. You will see the adversary assume his position. And he will bring with him a false prophet. And he will bring with him a devouring beast. We look at this young prophet in the book of First Kings. A young man that was anointed of God to go to Jeroboam and tell him that the Lord was going to judge what he had done in, in, in making Israel to, to commit the sin of idolatry. And God gave him specific instructions. He said, listen, I want you to go straight there, and I want you to prophesy, and I want you to come back. He literally said, don't go to anybody's house. Don't go to anybody's house and eat with them or drink with them. You just go prophesy and come on back. The young prophet did what the Lord told him to do to start with. He went to Jeroboam straight away. He prophesied, put his finger in his face. Thus saith the word of the Lord. The judgment of God is going to come upon you for causing Israel to sin. And it was, a, it was an amazing word of prophecy. He left that place and was on his way back home. Only to meet an old prophet who turned out to prophesy falsely. 
And the prophet said, I want you to come to my house. Eat with me. Drink with me. A direct violation of what God had commanded him to do. Now you would think, right, that there would be like a little bell go off. Ding, 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 ding. This is the devil talking. The devil wants to destroy me. The enemy wants to get me off the path that God had established for my life. But no, no, he listened to the voice of the false prophet. And while he listened to the voice of the false prophet, he was convinced. He went to his house, just as the Lord said not to. He ate with him, just as the Lord said not to. He drank with him, just as the Lord said not to. And while he was there, the old prophet spoke up and said, You must leave immediately because you have angered God for your disobedience. The man left the place where he was, and on his way home, he encountered, you guessed it, a devouring beast. A lion met him and attacked him. That's the way a spiritual attack works. There will always be an attack of the adversary. And with it will come a false prophet saying false things, lies, accusations, trying to deceive you, trying to throw you off your course. And then there will come a devouring spirit or a, a beast into the picture. This is the way it was with Job. The Bible says that, that Satan came among the sons of God and walked into the presence of the Lord among the sons of God. We're talking about the, the devil, that old serpent, that, that, that devil, that Satan, that adversary, that, that dragon in the book of Revelation. Oh, don't kid yourself. He's not, he doesn't always look like a dragon. He doesn't always look like an old serpent. No, no, no. The Bible said he can actually transform himself into an angel of light. That's why the Bible said, though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, let him be a curse. Because he said he was letting us know the gospel is true no matter who disagrees with it. The gospel is true regardless of who says otherwise. I don't care if they've got a halo on their head and light shining from their being. If they disagree with the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're wrong. He's right. I've come to tell somebody upon this rock he's going to build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Hallelujah. Job is walking among the sons of God in the presence of the Lord. Pardon me, Satan is walking among the sons of God in the presence of the Lord in the book of Job. And while he's there, God said, wait, 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 wait. what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I've got all these beings in front of me that are supposed to be here. And here you are, the tempter, the adversary, the wicked one. What are you doing here? See, the devil can fit in a lot of different places. Tried to sneak up beside you. You know, somebody said he'll try to sit beside you at church. You know, we're not talking about the person actually sitting beside you at church. You got to understand that. But that's what the devil will try to do. He'll try to sneak up beside you when you least expect it. And so he walks up among the sons of God. And, and, and the Lord said, where are you coming from? And what are you up to? You can't be up to any good. He said, I'm walking around the earth to and fro. And I'm looking for somebody to deceive. I'm looking for somebody to devour. I want to get somebody to curse you to your face. And the Lord said, the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil responded basically, oh yeah, I've, I've considered Job for a long time. But you've got these hedges around Job. Job, and I can't get through to him and none of my minions can get through to him but I'm gonna tell you something if you'll drop those hedges then Job will curse you like every wicked man on this earth curses you and God said not Job he's a perfect man he's an upright man he's one that eschews evil and they, they the devil said we'll see about that drop the hedge and we'll see what happens the Lord said I'll drop I'll drop this hedge but not that hedge and so the hedge went down and here came the enemy just like he does there was a devouring wind that came in a devouring beast like 
uh, entity, a whirlwind swept through and removed his houses and killed his children. And, and Job's life is under assault from the enemy. And the devil, the Bible says that in all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And the devil went back to God. And God said, I told you he would never curse me. And the devil said, yeah, but you didn't give me access to his health. It's all fun and games until a man's health breaks. You let his health break and you let me have access to his physical well-being and I'll tear down his constitution and I'll rip at his character and I'll get him to curse you like every vile man in any place on this earth. And the Lord said, not Job. He's a perfect man, an upright man, one that eschews evil. Down went the hedge and Job's body was filled with boils and sores and tumors and lesions and Job was struggling physically because there was a devouring entity on the attack. Ah, but hear what I'm telling you. Job understood. It might have been a whirlwind last week and it might be boils and sores and tumors this week but it's the same old enemy in a new uniform. It might have been heartbreak and sorrow last week and it might be sickness and disease this week but it's the same old enemy in a new uniform. He said naked came I into this world and naked will I go out but blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him, yet will I trust him. Hallelujah. Here comes, here comes. We've got the beast in the picture. We've got the devil walking around the sons of God. If it's a true spiritual attack, there'll be a false prophet into the picture. And here came the false prophet in the most unusual of ways. His own wife. His own wife steps into the picture. His spouse, the one that he, he feels he should be able to lean on. A person, a loved one that, that should have his back. And when she walks into the picture, she looks at Job. And she says, why dost thou retain thine integrity? You ought to just curse God. Curse God and die. That's what you ought to do. And Job looked up at her. And that little bony finger, that emaciated finger, that, that dehydrated body, he said, stop it. Stop talking that way. You're talking like false prophets talk. You're speaking like a foolish woman. Stop talking that way. We don't talk that way. We don't let certain things come out of our mouth. The Bible said that in all Job experienced, he never sinned with his lips. Now, we don't know what was going on on the inside of him. We don't know what feelings he was wrestling with. We don't know what thoughts he was having. But it never came across his lips. The Bible said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I don't know what you have in your feelings, but let his praise continually be in my mouth. Never let it come out of your mouth, a charge of God foolishly. I'm going to tell you, doesn't matter what I'm going through or what I may feel like, I will praise him. I will worship him. He's a holy and worthy and mighty is his name. Hallelujah. In all of this, Job sinned not with his lips. You're, you're, you're speaking like a foolish woman. Don't talk that way. That's how you have to be with the false prophecies that try to enter your mind. And there are a lot of false prophets in our world, many saying they are Christ. There are many different types of, of falsities being spoken. And you just have to open up your mouth and say, this mouth is reserved for praise. Hallelujah. This temple is a temple of worship unto the Lord. I'm going to tell you, there's power in your praise. Oh, there's victory in your worship. God is still on the throne. Job, I know you may be sick, but God is on the throne. Job, I know you have had 
loss, but God is on the throne. Oh, I wish I could take you to the end of the book of Job where God restored it all back to him. And he restored it back to him double-fold and ten-fold. And God just kept pouring blessings. And the latter part of Job's life was greater than anything he ever knew before. I'm telling you, God is a good God. You tell that devil, God is a good God. You tell that old enemy, that old serpent, God is a good God. And he's my God. And he's my Savior. Uh, hallelujah. And I don't know why he allowed certain things. And I don't know what's going on in the invisible world. But I trust him and I serve him. Woo! Glory! Uh -huh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes, the enemy, enemy comes in like a flood. But the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. We are not afraid. We are not afraid of the enemy. We have the Lord on our side. And he is the Lord. He is our rock. He is our fortress. He's our shelter. Hallelujah. In the time of storm. Ah, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. He's my light. He's my salvation. There is none like unto to him he alone is worthy to be praised he is God and God alone glory hallelujah he is the chief cornerstone I'm gonna say that again he is the chief Woo! cornerstone my Lord have mercy who do the buccaneers think they're coming up against not coming up against somebody who is the tail. We're the head, not the tail. We're above, not beneath. We are the chiefs. And he is the chief cornerstone. He's got this. He's got us. He's holding on to us. He's protecting us. He's leading us and guiding us. Hallelujah. Now the Kansas City Chiefs have a corner back. We've got a cornerstone. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Kansas City Chiefs have Coach Reed. Coach Reed. We've got, well, let's see. We've got Coach Reed too, but we need to play with this just a little bit. Let's take the I out and give it an A. See what that does. Coach Reed. There you go. Coach Reed. Let's add uh, the words your Bible to it. See what that does for us. There it is. There it is, Coach. That's our coach. That's our coach. Hallelujah. I, I, I listen, that's where your game plan's gonna come from. That's where your strategy's going to come from. Ha! That's where your victory's gonna come from. Listen to the coach, read your Bible. Get in the word of the Lord and find out what do I do today and what'll I do tomorrow and what'll I do next week. He's got a plan for you. We got, we got too many people trying to do this on their own. You can't do it on your own. The grass will wither and the flower will fade. But the word of our God shall stand forever. You can't do this on your own. Hallelujah. You got to have coach read your Bible. Glory to God to draw you up a play. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, Coach Read Your Bible has a playbook. It's not a playbook, it's a pray book. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Y'all know it makes sense. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but it still makes sense. Hallelujah. If you'll get the pray book open and start reading what Coach Read Your Bible tells you, you are going to win this battle. You are going to overcome this adversary. You are going all the way with Jesus. Hallelujah. 
One of the, one of the plays that Coach Read Your Bible is going to give you in the pray book is the play Acts 2.38. Okay, here's how it goes. The quarterback, the quarterback is going to shout the play. Acts 2, 38. Hey, listen. I obeyed this play, and it worked for me. How many obeyed this play? And it works. It works. It works. It works. It doth work. Hallelujah. Now the quarterback is God. You're the running back. He's going to announce the play. Acts 2, 38. And then you're going to run back. And he's going to hand you, hallelujah, every promise that is in this book. Every promise that is in this book. You need to grab a hold of it. Tuck it in. Tuck it in. Don't let anything knock it out of your hands. Don't you fumble in Jesus' name. Don't you fumble. If you do fumble, recover the fumble. Recover. Dive to the altar. Dive to the Scramble at the altar. Recover the fumble. Get a hold of what God has intended for you. Now, a lot of times, the running back will run this way. They'll try to run their own way, try to run their own route. And they run into the defensive front. The defensive line's standing there, and it's, and it's man, it's some, there's, some bad, there's some bad characters on that defensive line. There's, there's lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, love of money, rebellion, witchcraft, addiction. Shame, guilt, condemnation, they will, they will knock that ball out of your hands if they can, if you let them pass mistakes and failures. When you run into the defensive line, turn around and run the other way. Here's what the Acts 2.38 spells out. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The most important thing you've got to know is follow the play to the T. When you hit the defensive line, repent. Turn around. Run the other direction because what's going to happen is the offensive line is going to block the defensive line from reaching you. Your offensive line is the blood of Jesus, the love of God, the grace of God, the peace of the shield of faith. Meanwhile, you run like everything you've got. You run this race with patience that's set before you. Run and don't get weary. Dive into the end zone, a.k.a. the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing when we're baptizing people in Jesus' name. We're baptizing them into the end zone, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Dive into it. you got to follow the prayer book, <laughs> and you'll have the victory. Another great play is 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16 in the prayer book. Now this is a quarterback sneak. Here's what the play reads. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Hallelujah. Now this, this play is great because, because a quarterback's actually the one that's going to do the work. But he's going to fake everybody out. So he's going to call the play. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, Hut! <laughs> Lord have mercy. Ooh, it's a great play. I'm just trying to tell you it's a great play. And the devil knows it's a great play. Hallelujah. When the quarterback gets the ball, he's going to fake it to, to, to the running back. And he's going to fake it to the wide receiver. But it's actually going to be him that runs the ball in. The running back is, is Moses. And, and it's going to look like, like God, the quarterback, is going to hand off to Moses when Moses is establishing the tabernacle in the wilderness. But he's faking everybody out. Then it's going to look like King David, the wide receiver, is going to run over. And when he's establishing Israel as a kingdom, it's going to look like, like the God is handing off to him. But it's going to 
fake everybody out. And everybody's going to be confused by, well, what's Moses doing and what's David doing? The whole time, God himself is going to march into the end zone. God himself is going to come down in human flesh. The everlasting Father, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace is going to step into the end zone. And win this salvation for us. <laughs> I want to tell Tom Brady can put whatever uniform he wants to put on. The devil can come against you with whatever he wants to come against you with. But when you follow the pray book and you follow the instructions of Coach, read your Bible. Everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Who can forget about the play? Proverbs 18.10. Proverbs 18.10. The name, here's the play. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Everybody say safe. Everybody say safety. Hallelujah. That's what we're getting ready to get. It's when the other team has the ball. It's when their quarterback has the ball in his own end zone. See, we didn't just come to, to, to play a certain way. We're on the attack. We're on the attack. I feel like in 2020, we were just too much trying to figure out what's the enemy trying to do. Well, guess what? We're done with that. We're not ignorant of his devices. We're on the attack. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. We're on the attack. We're going to sack the quarterback in his own end zone. Woo. And we get the points. We score. We win. We have the victory. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that loved us. And here's how you win on the attack in safety. You go in the name of the Lord. When we step out into this world, we don't step out into this world by our own might or our own power. We go out in the name of the Lord. David, David went out to fight Goliath. And Goliath said, who is this? Why would you even bring this child out here? He said, I'm going to feed his carcass to the fowls of the air. Saul asked him, David, do you think you can do it? He said, of course I can do it. I'm not, I'm not afraid of him. Why aren't you afraid with him? Because I've already defeated a lion and I've already defeated a bear. And this giant is the same old enemy in a new uniform. I don't come against you with a sword and a spear. I come against you in the name of the Lord of the hosts of Israel. You know how we're going to have the victory? In the name of Jesus. You know how we're going to win the lost? In the name of Jesus. You know how we're going to build this worship center? In the name of Jesus. You know how we're going to keep growing and growing? In the name of Jesus. You know how we're going to heal the nations? In the name of Jesus. Oh, you know what I'm talking about today. The enemy cannot stop it because we know the enemy's outcome. The enemy's outcome is that he and the false prophet and the beast will all be cast into a lake that burns with fire and you and I shall rule and reign with him the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever and ever in a royal priesthood a chosen generation a holy nation a peculiar people hallelujah I want somebody that believes what I'm preaching to lift your hands in affirmation and say Lord I believe the word I believe the word of the Lord Hallelujah. 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 Come on. I want somebody that knows God has given you the victory to stand to your feet right now. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Woo! Come on, I need some praisers in the house. I need somebody who knows God is on the throne. Somebody who knows God.
God has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ to go ahead and give God all the praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ah, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, the book of Psalms is filled with instruction and admonition of praise, how to praise the Lord. People who fill the stadiums of for cheering their favorite football teams. They practice everything in the book of Psalms, not for God, but for their team. Everything. They clap their hands. They shout with the voice of triumph. They sing. They make joyful noises. They dance. But the Bible tells us not to do it for a football team. The Bible tells us to do it for the Lord. I wonder if there's a praiser who will dance and shout and sing and clap and make a joyful noise and give God the glory. Come on, don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now, shout now. Give God praise right now. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The singers are going to sing, and the praisers are going to praise, and we're going to claim the victory. I said we're going to claim the victory. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. We're going to claim the victory in this house. I want somebody that's going through a financial crisis to go ahead and come down here and give God praise. Somebody who's going through an emotional challenge, go ahead and give God praise. Somebody who's dealing with worry and stress and fear, go ahead and give God the praise right now because we know that the enemy is defeated and the Lord is on the throne. Woo! Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah, 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 you believe it put your hands together and shout unto God thank him thank him thank him break through in my heart break through in my mind break 
keep on singing this but I want everybody that feels a praise in your spirit ready to erupt I want you to let it erupt in the name of Jesus if you haven't praised him a while in leaping leap if you haven't praised him a while in dancing dance if you haven't ran in a while do something different praise him like you've been wanting to praise him for a long time like you've been wanting to praise him for a long time this is a day of breakthrough 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 Put your hands together. Yes. It feels good 
to give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on, can you give God praise for keeping you? Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord. Go ahead and praise him for keeping you. Praise him for what he's doing right now. Come on, praise him right now. Praise Him for what you've been praying about. Praise Him right now for what you've been asking Him to do. something right now but you know you're gonna have the victory you might be going through something right this very day but you know you've already got the victory I want you to give God praise for the victory we just read about in Revelation 20 that every enemy is defeated that every devil and every false prophecy every effort of the beast is under our feet in the name of Jesus I will not be detoured I will not be dismayed I have victory in Jesus Christ now regardless of what you're going through lift up that praise unto God because we are a victorious people in Jesus Christ we are a victorious people come on somebody dance before the Lord a victory dance dance before the Lord a victory dance 